Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything Segment podcast. We are here again with Peter Dankwa for his third episode. And um, he knows a thing or two about life insurance and which deals are good and which ones are not. We hope this one is informative. Let's get into it. But as usual, do all to subscribe. So, um, this time around, we are talking about uh, insurance, right? Life insurance, to be specific. Yeah. And uh, Peter has some ideas on that that he's going to share with us. So, I'll start by asking him to tell us what life insurance is in the first place. And then we go into the types that he, he would be discussing. Yeah. Life insurance, I'll, I'll use a, a couple of insurance packages most people know of to explain what life insurance is because there's a, there's a huge misconception about life insurance. When you mention life insurance, what people think about is funeral policy. As in, you pay something, then in the event that either your a relative dies, an amount of money is paid to you. So that is the, the one most people are aware of. But if you look at vehicle insurance, that's motor insurance, you pay a premium to cover the economic value of the car, that the, the car is worth some price. So you are protecting that value of the car in the event that something untoward should happen to the car, whether it's flood or fire or theft. So insurance basically means that you are protecting a risk from happening. That, that is the financial loss from happening so that if you, you should lose that item or object, you'll be able to replace the, the, the financial value of that object. So when you talk about life insurance, if, if motor insurance is to protect the value of the vehicle and fire insurance is to protect the value of the object in the event of fire, then what life insurance means is that you are protecting the value of the life. So life insurance basically means that you are protecting the economic value of a human life so that in the event that that human being is not around, that economic value that he provided for his beneficiaries or her beneficiaries would be replaced. So that basically is the definition of insurance, where you are indemnifying, they call it indemnification, where you are, you are protecting that, that financial risk of of. of of, of the loss of uh, a loved one, basically. So that's what life insurance is about. Life insurance is not about, let's say, investments. What life insurance, if you are buying an insurance policy, what you are telling the company is that, I want you to protect my life, and this is how much I want you to value me for. So that basically is life insurance. Yeah. So you mentioned that it's not for investment, but um, there are a lot of packages insurance companies are selling out there and they they come with investments attached or some form of investment attached. I say so because uh, with some of them, you are expected to make these uh, installments or payments in installments. And after a while, you earn some uh, amount of money or some interest i don't know for lack of a better word <laughs> on these amounts in addition to being insured yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yes, I, I, I get you, and you are not wrong at all. In fact, it's, it's part of the, the packages that some insurance companies provide. But the issue is that in order for you to understand what you are doing, you need to know your limits, and you need to know what the, the, the central message is about so that you don't cross certain lines. So the moment you hear insurance, you know that insurance has to do with protecting financial loss or financial risk. So you notice that insurance companies are regulated by National Insurance Commission. So it means that they have a different mandate that they are protecting risk. So Bank of Ghana cannot come to an insurance company and come and regulate them because it's out of their mandate. Investments are handled by Securities and Exchange Commission and Bank of Ghana. So these are mutually exclusive. They are, they, are, they, are, they are completely separate. So you can't mix the two. However, but it's, it's been mixed. It's, it's been mixed. And I'll, and I'll come yeah. to, it's been mixed because of demand. And what I mean by demand is that because most, most people prefer to always benefit or profit from their ventures, they, over the years, they, 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 they have sort of communicated this to insurance companies. And insurance companies have designed it to have an investment component, an insurance component. Because guess what? If you pay your car insurance and nothing happens to your car, do you go back to the auto insurance company and say, give me back my premiums? No, it doesn't happen because it yeah, is... Yeah, I'm yet is, to hear anything like that. It is pure insurance. And the same thing with life insurance. Life insurance basically is pure insurance, which means that if the risk has not happened, you don't benefit from it. So in order to make it attractive, in order to, to make people feel as though they have, they have something, then the package is designed such that in your insurance policy, there's a portion called your investments or savings where you earn some amount of money, which is completely different from the insurance cover that you actually have. Yeah, so that the package is designed because the, the demand is in for that. And in fact, if when, when I read as a financial advisor, when you go out and you tell people that, okay, there's pure insurance, that is term life insurance, I'll explain that, and there's this kind of insurance, most people will tell you that, why should I buy a policy in which I don't earn anything? That is how come I was stressing the definition of insurance, what insurance actually is. Or so what we, it should, what it is ideally, or what it is. Not no, what people are practicing or... Exactly. Not what people are practicing. In principle, in principle, insurance is pure risk. It has nothing to do with you earning something. So there's a term in insurance called sum assured, which usually is the benefit of the policy. It's, it's referred to as sum assured because this amount of money that is placed on the policy is not a fixed amount in the sense that you are not saving up to that amount of money. That okay. amount of money is assured you. It's like evaluation on on a building. So, for instance, okay. maybe over the years that the, the, the there are a number of things that have happened to the building, so the valuation maybe reduces. So, it's not something that is fixed. It is an amount of money that is assured because it's a contract, which is saying that in the event that this happens, 
you this company you are supposed to pay me this amount of money it has nothing to do with the fact that i contributed five times i contributed ten times therefore the amount of money i'm supposed to have is supposed to be ten times plus this okay so uh if i go to you right what you're saying is in practice some people are mixing the whole investment with the life insurance and in principle that shouldn't be the case and uh if the event against which you are being insured that's not okay Mm-hmm. You should not benefit. Yes. But is it so bad for someone to add the investment aspect? Why is it so why is it in the first place is it is it a bad thing to add the investment and if not why? Well, there there are, there are some financial aspects that would 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 take both sides. Some would argue that in some instances it is perfectly fine to combine both. And some experts will tell you that it's not a good idea. But in my estimation, and based on the calculations that I did practically with people's statements, it is not advisable. And I'll explain why. So at this point, I'll, I'll mention the, the types of insurance so that we know exactly what you are dealing with. So pure life insurance, as I explained with the definition of insurance, is what is known as term life insurance. So term life insurance basically is something like your vehicle insurance where when the damage happens to the vehicle, you are given an amount. And in the event that nothing happens, you don't benefit anything from the policy. So that is pure life insurance. Now, and, and that's the term life. Then we have cash value insurance, which is okay. also known as whole life. Sometimes you hear they, they, they call it whole life or permanent life insurance. So cash value life insurance, whole life and permanent life insurance are, are one package basically. They are, they are referring to the same thing. Now the cash value there is basically a combination of term life and investments. So okay. the investments is an additional component of the cash value. Now typically a term life policy because it is directed at pure risk you pay less for it and you pay less for it because you are only purchasing insurance. Yes. So for instance, you purchasing your, your, your vehicle insurance, assuming your, your vehicle is worth 200,000. Mm-hmm. And let's assume your premium is 500 cities a month, right? Yeah. That, that 500 cities you are, you are paying, is nothing compared to the 200,000. So six months down the line, something should happen. You don't get 500 times six months, which would be 30,000. You actually get the 200,000, which is the sum assured. Yeah. So for pure life insurance, that's how it works. It's, it's basically about your sum assured and you benefiting if the risk should happen. Now the cash value insurance, because it is combining the term insurance and investment, it means that there's an additional charge because you are not only servicing your insurance policy of the contract you are also servicing the investment portion of it yes but if you remember what i said about insurance companies being regulated by nic national insurance commission you notice that the moment the policy now includes an investment bank of ghana cannot regulate that policy what actually happens is that because the insurance company knows that they are not an investment house they pick the money 
then they go to the investment house or the financial house, say a bank or any of uh, these investment houses, and go and yes. invest that money there. Yes. So in 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 reality, is is it's better for you to buy the term policy and you yourself go straight to the investment hub because nobody stops you from going to data bank or uh, edc or any of these funds to, to purchase banks, yeah. exactly so what happens is that because the investment sorry the insurance company is is investing on your behalf you don't get the full returns so if they are getting 15 percent conservative rate with the investment house. In your policy, they will now determine whether we should give you 1% or 2% or 3%. And that's where they share your own benefits with you. So that's the first downside of combining your insurance and your investment is, is that you, you lose out big time because you are basically paying away the insurance, which the risk has to happen before you benefit. Then we are now paying an extra amount which you are not getting the full returns you, you could have had if you had gone to the investment house by yourself. Um, you are talk, you're saying they are going to share your the, the returns on the investment side with you. Now, what if someone looks at a deal that is put before him in terms of the, the insurance package add with the investments as well? And he goes through and he feels no. It's still a good deal because on the investment side, I'm still making uh, more than I would have made, more or something similar to what I would have made if I had worked straight to an investment bank like Data Bank or EDC. No, it's it's not possible in the sense that in real time, <laughs> if I'm giving you, let's assume I'm an insurance company and I'm giving yes. you Elikem 2% on your insurance. Yes. yes. And let's say Daniel Dan gets five percent with the investment house with the same amount of money that we are both putting in. Definitely Dan will make more than you. So there, there's no possible way that such a deal would, would, would be better. It will always okay. be better for you to go to the investment house because if the investment house is giving fifteen percent you might get 2% of that 15% because you don't know the the rate on that policy, that insurance policy you are buying. That's combining the investment and the insurance. And when you actually read the fine print of some of these policies, you'll be amazed at the, 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 the terms that are laid in there. And the reason why you lose out big time is that you don't benefit from both the insurance and the investment at the same time. So whilst you are alive, they'll tell you that you can come for what is known as partial withdrawal. Probably you've yeah. heard of that. Great. Yeah. So the reason why they are, the, the, the reason for the partial withdrawal is this, that at the inception of the policy, you are now building up your investment component, which has a maturity date at the investment house. Because all investments have maturity days, maybe a 90-day, 120-day, or, or, or whatever. So once you start the policy, if the investment has not matured, you can't go and redeem the investment. If you try redeeming the investment, it will come with a penalty. So the insurance company is not wanting to, to bear that risk of, of being penalized for 
redeeming when the maturity date of the investment is not up they yeah. now place a cap on the policy that in your first year or in the first six months you can't borrow from or you can't redeem your investment component i don't know if you've ever had that term been read yeah, yeah 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 yes. it's done even with the investment houses themselves exactly so it's the same thing with the with the with the insurance company that will sell you a cash value policy because if you try coming for that amount of money they will be penalized as an insurance company yeah but guess what because most of these insurance companies all they do is take premiums right they are like a storehouse for 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 money and in fact most of of the insurance companies actually own banks and restaurants and hotels around because they are a storehouse for money unlike banks where i can do a deposit today and withdraw tomorrow for insurance companies once the money goes in there it stays basically so it's a big pool so they are in essence not really doing any sort of investment what is actually happening is that because you are just one tiny bit of the the pool if you need any money the pool that they have they can use that to support what you are requesting so if you say i need a loan of 10000 cities they can easily get it assuming that you have 5 or or let's say 10 individuals who are paying a premium of 1000 cities uh, a month that's 10000 right so if yes. you come to the company saying i want this amount of money ten thousand they can easily give it to you so they don't have any issues with store storehouse for 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 money so but by, by 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 this scenario what happens is that when you come and they give you the money because the money has not matured or the investment has not matured you take it as a loan now pay attention closely like would you go to your your bank account and withdraw your your money as a loan your own not. money from your own bank account yeah I, I wouldn't do that but are they allowed to do this are they allowed to are they, aren't there some rules regarding how much of the money that uh, clients deposits aren't there some rules by the nic on how these monies are kept, how the monies are stored, what percentage of these monies can you go and invest somewhere? Are you even allowed to go and invest people's money somewhere? Are you allowed to give people loans from this money? And if so, what percentage is allowed? Aaron, there, there has to be some rules regarding this because if they are not able to find, they, should, they, they can't be like banks. There shouldn't be any form of fractional reserve banking when it comes to insurance okay i i get your point yes and yes there are rules governing that so uh, every, every company has regulators or every industry has regulators and the regulators yes. determine what amount needs to go where what kind of investments you can do and all that so all that are being followed but the point that i'm raising is that because they are a powerhouse they have a higher muscle for for money retention and because the policies are designed that way remember that i said that it was developed as a result of the the demand from from clients it's over the years it's, it's not just something that is happening in our generation ever mm-hmm. since it's been there so there's a regulation governing that 
And that's how come in the policy, in the fine print, they will actually state it clearly there that in this period you can't come for this amount of money and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a genuine policy. It's, okay. it's, it's, the issue is that you need to know if it's actually benefiting your, your, your goal or your aim. That is it actually meeting my goal or my aim. So that the, there's nothing wrong with the with the with the policy in the sense that it is actually regulated, and it's someone's preference. As as I said, some people you meet them, you explain all this to them, and they say, "No, I still want to earn something." And it's it's, it's up to them. We are we are in a free enterprise, basically free market. So, sure. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So once you you request for some part of the money. You take it as a loan and pay interest. Remember, loans come with interest. You pay interest back to the insurance company. But think about it very carefully. Basically, it's your own money they are giving back to you. So yeah, it's a terrible deal. It's, yeah, it's a terrible a, it's a, deal. It's a, it's a terrible yeah. deal, and that's what many people don't recognize. But even that's not the, 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 the painful part. The painful part is, remember that this is an insurance policy, which means that in the event that something should happen, there's an amount that's going to be given to you. Whilst you're alive, you can't get your insurance cover. You can only withdraw from the investment. And once you die, what will be given to you is not your investment, but the insurance cover. So that mm. investment component stays with the company, as I said, because... They invested it in their name. We are the ones controlling how that investment should work. Now, the, the, the other question is, if you are buying an insurance policy, why are you buying the policy in the first place? The reason guess, is that... Yeah. Okay, you, you want to give a try? I guess people have different preferences or people have different reasons for buying a, an insurance package. So, ideally... It should be because you want to insure yourself or uh, against some some kind of uh, some sort of risk. For me, that's that would be the the main reason why I'm going for something like that. Okay, so the the purpose of a life insurance basically is actually for the beneficiaries. In, in our part of the world where people work hard, they toil and everything, and they 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 leave their their beneficiaries basically with nothing because probably there wasn't good financial planning or that they, they live from hand to mouth. So they didn't have enough to save. Now what happens is that is your beneficiary does suffer that sort of misplanning, if I if I can put it that way, that you didn't plan well with your finances. So in the event that you are not there today, well, how are they going to survive? So if you know that that is your case, then you need life insurance. Anybody who has beneficiaries, in the event that that person is not alive today, the beneficiaries are going to suffer. That person needs life insurance. So for instance, a single guy around the age of 25 who doesn't have anybody depending on him or her, at that point doesn't need life insurance. But if the person should get married and have kids, that is the, the most crucial point where life insurance is needed. So that, that concept is called insurable interest. So you pick life insurance if you have insurable interest. So with that same example that I gave, a 25-year-old 
who is, is, is working and maybe has siblings depending on him, that is directly depending on him, he feeds them, school fees, all that, then that, that gentleman needs life insurance because he's the, the, the sole breadwinner for his dependents. Mm -hmm. So that is the, 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 the measure or the criteria for you to pick life insurance. But the biggest question, the biggest question you should ever ask is how much should I put on my insurance policy? How much should I put on my insurance policy? And guess what? Many people don't ask. So if you meet a lot of people now, ask them, okay, you have an insurance policy. How much is your policy worth? They don't know, but if you ask them how much are you paying, they know that amount. Why? Because most of the policies are cash value policies, such that the investments, the insurance component is not really talked about that much. Most people are focusing on their, it's going to mature in five years. In two years, I'm going to withdraw this amount, such that they don't think about the insurance part. Yeah. But if, if you get a term life insurance, because you know it's only life insurance, you really think about it very carefully and choose the, the correct sum assured. So how you determine the sum assured basically is, the rule of thumb is, most experts suggest that you need to have at least, at least three years of your annual income. So if you earn 2,000 CDs monthly, in a year, that is 24,000. In three years, that's 72,000. So the, the, the minimum you should have on your insurance no, policy... Can you come again, please? Okay. So, experts advise that yes. you need a minimum of three years of your annual income. Okay. So, if you are going to stack your income for the next three years, back to back, that amount of money should be your initial sum assured on your policy. So, it could be more than three years. So, it, it depends on your preference. Someone will say... I want to insure my 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 life for five hundred thousand. Someone might say I want to insure myself for two hundred thousand. It, it all depends on your your economic value. So, for okay. instance, Papa Kosiedum's life insurance policy will be different from mine because he has more money or let's say more income. So yeah. he has a higher risk than me. So it basically depends on your income, and that's the reason why you're buying the life insurance. Because as I said, it's to protect your economic value while you are alive. So if you're okay. bringing home 2,000 CDs every month, and you go and insure yourself for 4,000 CDs, what it means is that once you are dead and your family is given 4,000 CDs, they'll only survive on it for two months, which is not reasonable. Yeah. Because life insurance is supposed to sustain you. That's how come experts advise that you need at least three years. So I know that if I'm no more today, my family can continue for at least three years as though I were alive. Yeah. And it doesn't stop at three years. It goes all the way to 10 years, 12 years, or uh, whatever years you feel you want your, your, your family to survive on that amount of money. Yeah. So guess what? If you are purchasing an insurance policy, let's assume 100,000 CDs. Let's take a term life insurance and a cash value insurance, or having the same insurance value. So Amma bought a cash value policy of 100,000. Kofi bought a cash value, uh, a term life insurance of 100,000. The question is, how much are they going to pay for their policy? 
Now, in, in insurance, there, there are actual values that determine the premium and, and the, the health status of the person and so forth and so on. So let's assume everything is constant. They are, they are, or let's even use the same gender, so Kofi and Kwame. So Kwame is having the cash value policy and Kofi is having the term policy. Let's say they are both healthy people, they are non-smokers and they, they don't have any serious occupational hazards or risk associated with their jobs. Okay. If Kofi is paying 200 cities to service the 100,000 term life policy, do you think Kwame will pay more or less for the insurance policy of his cash value? I want you to guess. He's going to pay more. Why would you pay more? That's because it's not just uh, it, it's not just the term life here, but it includes the cash value. That's the investment aspect. Exactly. Yeah. But in the first in the first years of the policy, most of the money will go into the insurance part. Why? Because that is the main mandate of the company. Because in the event that Kwame should actually pass away, is the sum assured that is going to be paid, not the investment. Yeah. So most of the, 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 the monies are pushed into the insurance portion during the first one to two years. And that's how come if you should request for your statement in the first year, you basically have zilch. Like there's basically nothing in there because most of their money is pushed into the insurance so that they can break even in the event that you die in the first year. So what happens is that Kwame will be paying more the insurance plus the the investment but guess what Kwame will be paying probably 500 cities for that same 500,000 policy so that 300 extra Kwame is paying Kofi can actually walk to any financial house and deposit that money there and get 15% interest while Kwame is, doesn't even know how much he's earning on his investment side, that one is determined by the, the insurance company. So, so basically, what you are saying is the extra amount that is paid because of the the investment. The investment. Yes. It's better off to keep that money and go and invest it yourself yes yes because the purpose of the insurance policy is basically death you are covering your your, your financial risk association with death so if that's the case if that's the, the reason why you are getting the insurance policy why not get a policy that actually adequately covers you so basically you are you are saying it's uh, it's not it's better to separate insurance from investment you want to insure yourself against some risk go ahead and do that if you want to invest go ahead and do that but don't mix the two don't perfect and you 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 are saying it's you're also saying it's not possible for someone to come up with a deal that does the two and it's still a good deal um not not that i've i've i've, I've seen but okay. let's 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 so if i come see. across such a deal i'll present it to you that's perfect <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I actually have a, a statement in front of me, a cash value statement. Okay. And this statement was printed in December 2017. And it was issued on in, in 2016. That's July 2016, 
and the statement was printed in December 2017. So that's roughly a year. That's roughly a year. So let's let's look at something. On the policy, it says some assured is 1,500 Ghana cities. Okay. Just, just think about the some assured. 1,500 Ghana cities. And this this particular client is a middle-income earner. Okay, which means that the person probably lives in an estate house, has kids going to um, a good international school, school or nice private schools. school. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine your insurance policy having a sum assured of 1,500 Ghana cities. Is that a payment or like what? No. Th- this Scanning in uh, s- Yes, this, the sum assured basically means that if you should die, that's the money you'll be Yeah, that's presented. the amount that will be given to the family. So this is what most people are not aware of, that there's a sum assured stated on their policies. So, 1,500 Ghana cities. I mean, and guess what? The person had paid from 30th January 2017 all the way to December 2017. And the total amount, the total premiums paid, I don't think you believe it. Say it, say it. I should say it. Yeah. I should say it. <laughs> so, you, you probably, let's do the calculation. So, January to December, even let's just take, just for that year, 12, 12, Months, twelve yeah. months times one hundred and fifty cities. So that's how much um, oh, was no, paying for the, the policy. Well, no, just there. I should know that it. it's a travesty. So a, a thousand five hundred, uh, hundred and fifty Ghana cities times twelve. Times twelve. Thousand eight hundred. So basically, he the person has paid off his insurance. Oh, good dude. So it means that the company has profited 300 cities, technically. That's what it means. <laughs> and he won't die. So, he won't die too. And guess what? The person will keep paying and paying and paying and paying and paying and paying. No, and but, paying. but this, this, this can be right. This particular deal can't be right. Operating and then people can actually, people are allowed to come up with deals like this and present to clients. Okay, I get where I get where you're coming from, but remember that there's a, there's an investment component of this, right? Okay, okay. So let's okay, look at okay, the investment okay. component as well. So if you look at the the investment amount, so the money, the premium I quoted, the hundred and fifty cities, is just for the insurance. Now the okay. the amount of money she was paying for the investment is a hundred and twenty point two three Ghana series. So that's just the investment. So if you add the 150 and the 120, <laughs> you're getting 270 for this policy. So the 120 for the 12 months, basically, is about 1,004. So it means that she has paid 1,004 and 1,008 together, okay. making a total of 3,020 plus. So, if she should die in December 2017, she'll be paid 1500 The rest of the money stays with the company. But so shouldn't the, the rest of the money with mm-hmm. respect to the investment aspect also be paid to the family? No, because it's spelled out in the policy. And, and that's, that's the downside of it. Because that investment is, is, is an investment handled by the company on your behalf. It's like a middleman. So yeah, so if, if, if they handle that on your behalf mm-hmm. and you are no longer around, mm-hmm. it's you should it should be given to your next next of kin, shouldn't yes. it? Yeah, te- technically technically yes, but in in practice you, you hardly have that. 
and and the reason is that the investment is signed by the insurance company so the money is in their name and they now define the terms of your investment uh, portion of your your policy i'm trying to see if, if i can get some fine prints to read for you so 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 basically it's basically a bad deal the person signed yeah it's, it's it's terrible and i remember once i i did evaluation on 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 a policy for a client and the person was paying over 10,000 CDs monthly, over 10,000, if I'm not wrong, close to 9,000 or so. And the amount of money that was on the policy was just terrible. I think it was somewhere around 30,000 or so. <clears throat> so it's, 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 it's just crazy. And guess what? Because most people are in love with the partial withdrawal, phenomenon what happens is that they buy more policies in the, in the yeah, sense that they yeah. think that they are accruing more yeah. oh because i have this i know policy people with, with three and four policies i have another insurance policy yeah. with company b so they feel that they are amassing more but in essence they are basically throwing sure. their money away so that that is it and they come under different names you hear things like uh this wealth is a, a wealth plan, a wealth whatever. This is a funeral policy and so on. They come under different kinds of names. And uh, education policy too is another kind of policy that is mistakenly be, being done with insurance companies. Not that you can't have an education policy that is a, a risk policy. But people doing education policies that are supposed to be investment driven yeah yeah that's true so people you have people at the age of 25 probably completed schools and you they have education policy what is the purpose of the education policy we are purchasing if, it's, if the purpose of the education policy is that you want to get to a particular age and at that age you need this amount of money to study or do something then you should have done that whilst you were probably in JHS putting an amount of money down like a normal investment for that yeah something like that you, you you have your parents do for you and not really do it yourself yeah or you do it for your kids and yes, not they do it doing it first. great yeah so yeah. the point I'm raising is that in that regard if you are doing it for your kids don't do it with an insurance company because you'll be you'll be splitting your money in two instead go straight to data bank or echo bank the, the echo bank fund and say that i'm investing this amount of money i'm i'm hoping to grow this amount of money in this number of years they'll do the calculations for you and tell you how much you have to pay but the moment you sink it into an insurance company with the purpose of investment that is when you begin to lose out okay. so the, the funny thing is that most insurance companies sell both policies that is the term life and the cash value but usually they present the cash value more so most people because that's what attracts exactly. people that's what attracts people i work with like an insurance company but mine is a pension right and usually when people come in and let's say you print the statement out for them and they look on the statement the next question they ask you is that it's can i get some of my money now and I tell them that, no, you can't get some of your money now because the law doesn't allow you to get some of your money now. The law says this is your pension money. So unless you go on pension, you become invalid or you die. <laughs> no one can assess this money. 
And they usually don't like to hear that. Usually what they'll say is that, right now, I'm in financial <laughs> stress. I need the money now. Why am I supposed to wait till I go on pension before you give me my own money? It's not fair. And usually what I tell them is that, boss, if we took the money now, after taking mine now too, so tell your MP that when he goes to parliament, you should tell them to change the law so that we can chop our pension money now. They will say, yes, yes, it's true, it's true. So I think that is how we have become prey to maybe the insurance companies. Because they had realized that when they were, yes, when they are selling people want it now. just like straight up life insurance to people, they find no need for it. Because they feel like, when, when, and I'll die, I won't even get some. So let us add investment to the normal insurance and try and draw them in. I think the same thing is... <laughs> but isn't it unfortunate that most people will have to be uh, tricked, um, for lack of a better uh, word, into <laughs> these policies because they are not able I, to I <laughs> think far? I don't think they've been tricked. I think they have a desire and that desire is being met. Right? So maybe it is a bit predatory. <laughs> okay. Because okay. the investment, co- the insurance companies know that they don't even advise people close to them to do it. I'm sure they know. They won't advise people close to them to do it, but a man's got to do what yeah. a man's got to do. Yeah. And I think MTN has this pension, right? <laughs> My pension or so. On Momo. I don't know if you've noticed. They have a similar... Yeah. Yeah. Um, business model yeah. where they have a part for savings and a part for pension because they know if they do it savings alone or pensions alone people will not do it they do it savings and pensions and I was listening to yeah. one of their big men talking the other day and the man was elated it seems they are really breaking the bank <laughs> because people are really patronizing it and he said during COVID those who needed their savings were doing withdrawals I said oh wow interesting yeah so I think that's where they're saying. So, what we have to advise ourselves, as Peter was saying, is that if, let's say, you want to do investment, go and invest elsewhere and do the insurance elsewhere. It will save you a lot of stress because, as he was saying, they will just share your money with you. They will share their money with you. And if they go and then they give them 6% on the CD, they will take 3 or 4 and give you 2 or 3. So, take it straight up to whoever you want to invest your money, Data Bank, EDC, Stambeck. Let them invest it for you. And then you get your full amount there and give it to the insurance people. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say. But to, to the comment that you made that most people okay. say that, oh, why do I have to wait for this period? I think yeah. it also has to do with the kind of financial education that we receive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, yeah, very bad. Be- because Very bad. Because if that person had planned and said, okay, I'm looking at having this amount of money by this time. So let me start saving now. Even though between that period of saving to the, 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 the savings mature to the amount that he's looking at, he's going to get there anyway, but it might be difficult along the way because as we are saying, maybe there, there might be financial hardship here and there. But that is better of, better, better, to, to wait for that one year to be patient enough, to save enough, than to buy a policy that would basically rip you off for the rest of your life, where you probably pay more than that period in which you were trying hard to save. So for instance, at this point, let's, let's assume that 
I knowing this now, I decided, okay, for the whole of 2021, I'm going to discipline myself and save, let's say, 1,000 CDs a month. I'm going to do that religiously. Now, at the end of 2021, I have 12,000 CDs, which is my own savings. Let's even put the, the interest aside. Now, someone decides that, okay, I'm not going to do that. Let me rather buy this policy that is going to give me a, a quick access to money if I need it in the next two months of, say, 2,000 CDs. Now, when that person goes along that route, what has happened is that the person is now paying more, getting less in, in the sense of the insurance. So even my, my savings I did for the whole of 2021 is more than his insurance and investment combined. And let's assume that I also buy a term policy of, let's say, 200000 So what it means is that I have my own savings of 12000 and I have an insurance policy of 200,000. That if during that period that I was saving the thousand cities monthly, I should pass away, my family immediately gets the 200,000. As well as my 12,000 that I'm saving with Ecobank or, or something. But the person who decides that no, I can't wait for that long to save my own money or do some proper planning, decides that let me get this policy. As an, the example of which I read, thousand five, and we are paying a total <laughs> of about uh, three three two seventy CDs monthly, and you now go and do partial withdrawals and all. I didn't even finish reading the the the, the policy, but basically that that's the picture I'm I'm creating. That this mentality of get rich, uh, get get well, how was it called? Get rich. Get quick. rich quick. Uh, yeah, attitude is what is making a lot of people not yeah. find a good foundation when it comes to their 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 finances. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's a mentality that people need to work on seriously. Else, you 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 can hardly break uh, meet your financial independence. Yeah, looking at the way the insurance companies run their business model, you know the the agents are usually paid on commission. That's mm -hmm. what I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So what happens is, you know, as as Danny said, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So what happens is, they they have to sell the thing no matter what. Because I I just I just opened one of the insurance companies' websites, and if you look at the way, look if you look at how attractive the thing is, and there's something fun. There's even a life swap over here. You can swap lives. Like I'm staring at it. Life swap <laughs> and life swap with <laughs> Mr. Gates. I, I don't even know what that means. And there's also a hundred percent premium refund. I mean, look at the way they are marketing the thing. Yeah, I mean, why why don't they tell us the real thing or it is spelled out in the contracts, but we don't read? Yeah, let, let, let yeah. me not cut your words is short. That, is that the issue? Let, yes, let, 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 yes. Let, let, let me not cut you short and just read okay. from from a, a policy i'm holding this is an educational policy a, a hybrid of it and it, it, it says in in the terms one of them says this policy is designed to provide benefit payments which are intended to cover the educational expenses of the policy holder's child 
the product is a term policy with both a life cover and an investment component so technically this makes this policy a cash value it is not a term policy even though they've stated that the insurance portion is a term policy technically this is a cash value policy and the debt benefit is rich so so just think about it this is an educational policy and it is telling you something about death benefit what has an educational policy got to do with death is what are supposed to do with savings towards an educational goal so if the policy mentions death benefit you don't know that there's an insurance component in there so it says this cover pays a sum assured derived from the investment premium as shown in the table to the named beneficiary or beneficiaries in the event of the demise of the policyholder before the expiration of the policy 50% of the sum assured will also become payable when any of the named beneficiaries died be, dies before the end of the term end of the policy term the premiums per thousand cd sum assured payable for the benefit are stated in the table below so basically what it means is this that the benefits of the policy are not going to you the person who bought the policy it's rather going to your beneficiary who could be your your niece your your daughter your son or whatever and in the event that one of your beneficiaries that you paid 50 percent of that amount which is reasonable because it was for them anyways but the the the, the whole point is that the fine prints are very tricky and this is where some people get furious with insurance company because they went in with a particular perception that this is how my policy is supposed to work but they never read the fine print so they they go at a particular point demanding or requesting for a particular benefit and they are told that no that's not what the policy says and they are they are furious all over saying that you've cheated me you lied to me this this and that and that and that but everything has been stated in there and and that is where uh, most people are, are found wanting you really need to read because there, there there's something known as principle of ultimate good faith in insurance which basically means that every information that you are providing at the, at the inception of the policy is is the truth and nothing else so if you were asked the question while filling the policy that do you drink and you say no and the event that you pass away and the company does their underwriting uh, at that moment to 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 find out what exactly happened and the cause of your death was through drinking the companies can 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 decide per their is at their discretion whether to to honor the policy or not because the policy asked that do you do this do you do that this and that do you have this heart condition do you have this particular disease and all those things go into the underwriting portion the underwriting basically is like valuation they value your your current status as a person your job the number of kids that you have your health status and so on so these things determine the premium that you pay so the principle of utmost good faith if you should flout one of these what it means is that you've basically rather reaped the company you get it so let's assume someone is an alcoholic and has some serious heart diseases and on the policy the person states that no i don't have these things now what would happen is that 
it's, it's a risk to the company. And the companies, the insurance companies ask this because they, they actually prepare for this kind of risk. So there are some insurance companies that are dedicated to insuring HIV patients. There are insurance companies that are de dedicated to insuring particular things. So if a particular question is asked and you try to dodge or swerve or play smart, in the end, it, it, it bites you. And that is where you also have to read very carefully and ask questions while filling your your insurance policies. So that 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 is that is it. So so basically, um, the person going in for the policy is the one who has to be aware and make sure they are going in for a deal that is uh, going to inure to their benefit. And uh, you don't necessarily have to wait for the. NIC or assume that the NIC is yes, exactly. taking care of you because yeah the cleanup yeah yeah you need to do your own research and find out what's best for you because uh, as some people are saying the cleanup that happened in the banking sector could easily happen in the insurance field as well so uh we have to take it upon ourselves and uh, make sure we get good deals for ourselves. Yeah. But, but what I'll also add is that, as we were, we were saying before, that because people have the impression that, okay, I want the money now, and if I'm getting a policy that is not going to, to another that, that aim I have, then why should I get that policy? What needs to happen is that people need to know of other avenues yeah. where they can basically save or or work their finances. So the, the, this concept that I learned when I was doing my financial advising for the financial house, where you have a number of financial yeah. instruments working for you. So insurance is a financial instrument, basically, where a financial package, if you can, can call it. Then investment is also another type. Pension is also another type. So basically, the, the foundation of your financial house, so every house has a foundation. If you move the foundation, the house falls. So the, the foundation of any financial house should be the insurance. And in this case, advice, term life insurance. Then followed up by that should be emergency funds, which basically is for emergency purposes. So as the name suggests, you have a particular fund or account dedicated for emergencies so that when an emergency should happen, you are not going around asking for loans or you are not going around borrowing from your, your policies because of that. So an emergency fund is basically a fund where you have at least six to 12 months of your income stashed there purposely for emergency purpose assuming your car breaks down repairs cost you five thousand cities or two thousand cities now if you are a salaried worker you you're expecting your money by the end of the month the money is not in yet but your car broke down where do you get that money and that's how come many people live beyond their expenses and they don't realize because they 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 they, they borrow a lot from different places Meanwhile, their, their income doesn't match up to that, that the expenses they're making. So if you have an emergency fund, what does it, it does is that it cushions you from borrowing, excessive borrowing. 
and it actually uh, helps you maintain your, your your savings plan so how you set up an emergency fund is basically having a separate bank account where you contribute into that account till you have at least six to twelve months of your income in there once that is done you can even convert that into uh, an investment uh, instrument where you actually make money off the, the savings that you have but that's it for the emergency then after that would now be your normal savings or investments so you have your life insurance down there followed by emergency funds then you have your savings and with the savings uh, usually for salaried workers you can do mutual funds there are, there are a number of investment instruments that you can speak to the your investors for them to explain which package would work best for you so you have your mutual funds then you have your pension plan then you have maybe other goals or things that you have so basically that that should be an ideal financial plan for everybody it works for everybody whether you are self-employed or you are not self-employed once you have this plan it will be easy for you not to fall prey to some of some of these uh, things that uh, rip us off there so uh, insurance emergency funds savings okay so this 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 has been uh, very informative and peter thanks once again and I, I'm, 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 I'm certain this isn't the last. There's going to be more. Uh, till next time, it's bye for now and thanks, guys. Yes.